Welcome to Squatch DTV. Exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, December 17th, 2023. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with my co-host, Mr. Chris Bennett. Steve, what's going on, man? It's good to see you. What's happening, Mr. Chris? All same old stuff, you know, just trying to keep the dogs in order and trying to uh, keep the electric bill at a rate that we can afford to pay. <laughs> it's burning <laughs> cold in Kentucky. Yeah, well, we you've got electric heat, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You go out there and watch the meter do this. Looks like a flying saucer. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about, you know, maybe cranking the fireplace up, but, uh, you know, I just don't want to carry wood and stuff. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody wants to do that. It's nice to look at, but, you know, it's, you know, as far as taking out the ashes and bringing in the wood, no, I don't care. Yep. And, of course, our guest tonight is... Hey. Right down there, Mr. Eric Altman. Hello, Eric. Good to see you, bud. And uh, let's do our roll call real quick before we get into this. Uh, First in today was Pat Collins. Hello, Patty. Turn the light on for everybody. Walter Crow. Walter. Jay Jay Pachochin in the house. And we got Low Rider, Daniel Weeks. Low Rider. Sasquatch Watch Radio. That's Billy. Billy. Hello, Billy. Billy. Good to see you, man. Uncle Bones 2, B. Lynn, B. Mr. F- Mr. Federal, uh, Mr. 2505 Federal. Good to see you, man. Tennessee oh. Cherokee. Hello, hello, Tennessee Sharon. Cherokee. Good to see you back. Hi, Sharon. B. Lynn is in the house, of course. Wait. Sasquatch Wizard Adirondacks. Good to see you, sir. Uh, Mike Ann, Tactical Bigfoot Research in the house. Mike. Grasshopper. Okay. Grasshopper. Uh, finding the trackway, Bill. What's going on, brother? Jeff Trefoletti, good friend of mine. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Yeah, welcome. Angel man. Nolan in the house. Hello, Angel. Angel. Good to see you. Little Kirai is squatching his ass off, as he said. <laughs> good deal. <laughs> good after it, man. Uh, all right, going, 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 going. Okay, Pete H in the house, another one of our channel members. He, Big Bigfoot Society he, in the house, also member for three months now. Wow, thank you, appreciate it. Thanks yep. for the support, man. Great. Kaiju yeah. Ninja, nineteen eighty-five, is in the house. Ninja, good, good to see. Up, oh, of course. Whoop. Brian and Chewy go hiking in the house. Right. Yeah, good to see you. Bud. Give uh, Chewy a pat well? on the head to yeah, us. Yeah. So here we are. I think that's our list for right now. I'm sure there's other people who haven't said nothing, and of course, there's always the latecomers. Like Mick and the Meatloaf, okay. Helton, yeah. aka Faster Man, is here. Everybody's welcome. You know, you can be a lurker. You're more than welcome to lurk. You know, it's a- lurk, lurk, lurk. But oh, oh, first of all, I, I wanted to, before we get the show kicked off here. Absolutely, I want to show you my brand new sticker that I got from uh, Alyssa. Thank you, Alyssa. This is very nice. Good looking sticker. I'm going to put that on the the Sasquatch mobile out there, right next to the Squatch Detective sticker. 
There we are. Thank you. Lisa. And uh, oh, another member, uh, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce this. Oh, mm-mm. Well, looks like yeah. it looks like an Irish name to me. Um, I don't know. Eowyn. Sure, the o- cat didn't walk across the keyboard. Is that Eowyn O'Gabenhai? That's what I'm going to guess. Well, we love you. <laughs> Thanks for being here and traveling with Jim Thank is in you. the house. Hello, traveling with Jim. Good to see you. Yeah. It's our good friend Jim. Appreciate so, you, man. So, yep, Jim. Uh, Jim was uh, out there scouting our area uh, that night. We did the uh, expedition up to the uh, Adirondacks the day of the Sasquatch. The, the one with the, the did you get the whoop out of that one or? Different? Yeah, but it wasn't Jim who got that. It was. Uh, it was Eric last week. It was on Eric Swanson. It was on last week that actually got caught the whoop. But Jim was up there hearing stuff the whole night. So, uh, yep, here we are. We got Martin McTie on the in the house also. So we got a bunch coming in. Yeah, that's lot, some people coming in. A <laughs> lot, lot of new folks. And, of course, we've actually had quite a bunch of new subscribers this week. And we would like to welcome you all. Oh, thank and the you. Other, the other thing is, too, we're trying to get some of the additions back up to Spotify. Uh, just to cross pollinate a little bit, get some folks over here, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. We'll, um, get the, we'll get the rest of the uh, the podcast going. Uh oh, and uh, Sandwich Siobhan said I got like blocked by Thinker Funker oh. today. Oh man! Well, that that's somewhat of a badge of honor, though, isn't it? I, I would think so. But anyway, let's catch up with Eric. Eric, how the heck have you been, man? I'm doing all right. How about you guys? Good, man. Wonderful. Good to see so, you back, too. Yes, absolutely. So what's, what's been going on on the Chestnut Ridge? Anything new or anything exciting going on? Um, yeah. Um, we've had a few sightings recently, and um, we have a new research area that uh, myself, uh, family members, and a few friends are currently working on pretty hot and heavy um just trying to keep things under the cover so to speak and do the research the getting back to the basics but still hitting the woods every weekend if i can or every other weekend and uh yeah just keeping myself busy with you know stuff going on around here in pennsylvania so so uh yep and of course uh let, let's just get right to the nitty gritty of course next year September 6th and 7th we have the Pennsylvania Bigfoot camping adventure coming back. Mm. And that looks like it's going to be a great time it's yeah. always a great time. Yeah um uh after the 2019 event we had planned on doing one in 2021. However, COVID had other plans for us so we I'm kind sure of put it on the back burner and uh to be honest with you, I really wasn't planning to do a 2024 event. Um, we tried to get something together with Benners in 2023. Um, we met with the, the former owners, not Mary Lou and John, but they, they sold Benners to a new entertainment company, if you want to call it that. And um, we met with the new owners there back in 2022 and tried to put on a couple fundraiser events. But mm-hmm. The management there, the management team really weren't receptive and really weren't working with us to try to get things accomplished. So we canceled the 2023 event. Um, and then new owners bought uh, Benners in 2023. And I guess I want to say the 
maybe March or April, I, I want to say maybe early spring. And uh, I got an, a message in my Facebook from Benner saying, would you be interested in putting on a Bigfoot event? And I didn't know that there were new owners. So I just kind of wrote it off and ignored it, thinking it was the old owners. Mm. And uh, sure enough, they got back to me again and let me know that there were new owners th that took over Benner's um, and a whole brand new management team. And I reached out to all the organizers that were working on putting on the 2023 event and said, hey, we have an opportunity to <coughs> meet with a new owner, sit down and discuss things. And um, they were real receptive to it, real interested in having another event. So I said, yeah, well, if you guys are, are down for it and you can accommodate us and what we need, then, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely bring it back. And um, we had a, a ton of people. At first, I have to thank. Um, all the people who have come in the past or all the people that have been interested in the event, because um, from 2019 to present, I've been inundated with requests, emails, messages. When are you bringing the event back? So it was obviously well received and that kind of played a big role into bringing the event back. Um, so and I also got to say thanks to the other organizers. Um, there's a whole bunch of people I could name, but I don't want to forget anybody. So I'll just say thanks to all the other organizers. We've been working hard on putting together another great event. Um, and as you can see in the flyer and the promotional flyer listed there, we've got uh, eight speakers coming to the event. Um, we've got uh, four special guests coming to the event. Um, we've got two workshop presenters coming. Uh, we're bringing back the night hikes, vendors, food trucks um auctions we have a new thing this year coming to the event which is going to be sasquatch karaoke karaoke if you're a karaoke fan and you would like to sing and, and yeah you don't have to worry about uh, making a fool of yourself because everybody will be making fools of themselves <laughs> but uh, it's a new thing we're adding but uh we've got yourself steve coming back um we've got jay pachochin coming back and i guess that, i gotta send a quick thank thanks out to, to jay um to my, my buddy um, Jay Bachochin, he's been doing a lot of the graphics for the event, uh, the logos, the video advertisements, anything you see on social media that's out there promoting the event. Jay has done the work for us from Chum Bucket Studio. So thank you, Jay, oh, for man. that. Yeah, he's done a, the Jay, a the fantastic Jay man of, yeah. Jack of all trades there. He all is. He does amazing words. He does amazing work promoting things things and, and putting things together for us. So thank you, Jay, for that. Um, thank you, Steve, for agreeing to come back. Um, as I mentioned, Jay Bachochin's oh, coming back. Brian Parsons is coming back. Um, we've got some new speakers coming back. Um, Stan Gordon will be there. Ron Murphy will be coming back. Um, Kenny Biddle uh, is a new addition this year. Um, he is a skeptic, um, and he writes for the Skeptical Inquirer magazine. And uh, we thought, you know, if we want to do this the subject matter correctly and give everybody a well-rounded look from both the perspective of people who research and the people who are skeptics we thought you know kenny would be the, a good fit for the event um i know i'm missing somebody but um we got ken gerhard coming back um we've got uh, willie and jeff from the tv show mountain monsters coming back and uh we've got ronnie leblanc from expedition bigfoot coming down for the event this year uh, we had Ron Moorhead scheduled to appear, but he had a scheduled conflict. Um, he actually had another event scheduled that he didn't realize, so he had to cancel. But we've got four great special guests coming in, eight great speakers. Uh, we've got um, Brian Bowden and um, 
Dave uh, Wickham, or they call them taters. <laughs> uh, yep, they're going to be doing Dave, workshops yep. for us. Yep. We know and, taters. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a great time. So we're really excited about it. Um, tickets are on sale now. And I encourage people to get over to the website and get tickets now because if you wait too long and they're gone, you're out of luck. So, and uh, right now I know uh, Mike Han is coming. He's got his his tickets. I know uh, Bill finding the trackway is out there, and Jen will be coming down as well. They got their tickets. Cool. They're all super excited about coming down. So we got a few of our our uh, members here from uh, Squats DTV already planning their attendance. So should be a good time. And um, I know uh, Sandwich Savannah had asked a question if we've been to Ohio. Yes, we have been several times already. Um, Salt Fork and uh, the like around Coshocton when uh, we went down to the Sasquatch Triangle events. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Ohio was pretty cool. Salt Fork is a nice place. It's uh, it's a really nice uh, park uh, uh their uh, accommodations right there in the middle of the park. It's beautiful. Everywhere you look, you know, just woods. <laughs> they got a nice lake over there. We went uh, to that uh, cookout for Indy. Uh, it was really nice. So, so tell us what, what in that area uh, of Benners, uh, there has been, that's pretty close to chest. That's pretty close to the chestnut Ridge. Uh, that is like within a stone's throw. Um, it's also uh, near Fort Necessity as well, which uh, for all your history buffs, that's where uh, Lieutenant, I believe Lieutenant Colonel George Washington had his stand uh, with the, uh, the French during the French and Indian War. And um, he ended up surrendering the fort uh, after his general, General Braddock was killed. Um, so yeah, I'm very familiar with that story. I've actually, I was at Fort Necessity years before I even knew Benner's Meadows was there. Um, so really a cool, cool area. Uh, Steve I have and, to look it up. I love history. Fort yep. Necessity. Okay. But, uh, Eric, so tell me how long has stuff been going on in the Chestnut Ridge area there? Oh, decades. Um, decades. Decades. Yeah. Um, the first documented report that I could find um, in a newspaper article was about a wild man um, running around the northern part of the ridge in the late 1800s. I want to say 1869. Um, <laughs> and there's been everything from crypt, strange cryptid creature reports to UFO reports, hauntings. Uh, you mentioned Fort Necessity, General Braddock, uh, Lieutenant George Washington, um, Jamonville Glen, where George Washington uh, had uh, the fight with the French and Indians there. That's where the first battle took place. That's really haunted. And uh, people hear um, battle sounds from that battle back in the 1700s. Um, they hear war cries. They see uh, apparitions of Native Americans as well as French troops and British troops. And um, there's been tons of Bigfoot sightings that have taken place at Jamonville Glen. Um, Benners actually sits on the ridge, the southern end of the ridge. So uh, there's been a ton of sightings around Benners. Um, and I've even had some personal experiences on the campground hiking around the trails at Benners. Um, I know, Steve, you've had some experiences not far from Benners, um, about a mile or two uh, outside of the campground on the trails that we hike. So... Yeah, there's a lot of activity that goes on around the ridge and it's just it's constant and uh 
You're going to have to get Stan Gordon on the show to talk about some of the most recent cases he's gotten because the activity that's still ongoing, and I get, I talk with him weekly, and he updates me on what he's getting, and I update him on what I'm getting. It's just nonstop. And, uh, hey, we want to uh, welcome uh, Unidentified Arkansas Phenomenon, new subscriber here. Welcome aboard. Welcome. Make yourself at home. Maybe. As well as Sandwich Savant, and that's uh, – <clears throat> you know, that's kind of a moniker after my taking, too. I love a good sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I love a good Snapple. <laughs> well, he's got, yeah. There you go. You know what's going to happen now. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. Joe, give me a Snapple. <laughs> Eric and Tom both love Snapples. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't throw a Snapple away, you know. It's, it's no, I, uh, very often I too have a Snapple here, but yeah. not tonight. I have a peach monster and I have my normal diet poopsie. Yeah. Well, I've been drinking the uh, the sugar-free uh, lemonade lemonade tea stuff, and uh, it's not bad. Of course, you know I'm cheap. You know, instead of buying a Snapple, I'll buy the one dollar for ten packs of mix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheap, cheap, cheap. So, Eric, out of, out of all the experiences you have uh, on on the ridge, what was the best one you can recall? Um, there are two actual encounters that I've had up on the ridge um, that are probably two of my favorites. One really isn't an encounter. It's a sighting investigation. And I'll tell you about that one in a minute. The other one took place um, the weekend of Dave Dragason's funeral. Um, unfortunately, our good friend Dave passed away. Yeah. And uh, it was in August of 2020. And uh, in, in a tribute to him, we, the people that attended his funeral, um, Jimmy and uh, Dee Trick, uh, Jay Bachochin came down, Tom Mihawk, Ricky Cherby, Connie, Chris Brinker, myself, we all got together um, and we all decided in honor of Dave, let's go out into the woods um, and, and hit an area where we normally went with Dave. And uh, that evening um, we had quite a bunch of different things happen. Um, on the way in to this, uh, and you've been in the, on the pipeline there, um, yep. Steve, so you're familiar with the area. On the way in, um, Ricky Cherby was leading the group in, and um, he stopped his Jeep abruptly and jumped out of the, the passenger, the driver door and was standing up, looking up over the, the roof of his Jeep down into this wooded area that had been clear cut. And he said, I don't know if I saw a bear or something, but something brown was standing up down there in that uh, field. And we all stopped and got out and looked, and we didn't see anything. He said, I don't know if it was a bear just standing up on its hind legs for a few seconds, but something was down there. And that kind of started our night. Um, we drove back to the power line, sat on the power lines for several hours. We heard some strange uh, distant screams or high-pitched wailing, if you want to call it that. Um, and that was really about what we experienced that evening there. But the excitement didn't happen until we were on our way back to the main road. And I was leading um, the caravan of about six or seven vehicles out to the main road. And we were probably about a quarter of a mile, maybe 500 yards from the main road. And we come up over this little crest of a hill. And my high beams caught these really large, bright orange eyes about nine feet off the ground in this brush. Um, to the left side of my vehicle, probably about 50 yards ahead of me. 
And I was just shocked because these eyes were there and they quickly disappeared down almost at a 45 degree angle to my left. And I was like, holy crap, did you guys see that? And I had Jay Bachochin and Tom Mihawk in the truck with me. And of course they were looking at, I thought I left a piece of equipment on in the back seat. I was seeing a light, so they didn't see it, but their, their attention was looking for this light in my truck. And I saw the eye shine very quickly and I stopped the truck. Uh, and got out and started walking towards this bush where I'd seen it. And as we came to a stop, several deer crossed the road right where the eye shine was. I already seen this eye shine in this bush. And I ran back to all the vehicles and I asked them, did you see what I had seen? You know, the eye shine, bright orange, very large, wide set apart eyes, very high in this brush. And they kind of went down at a 45 degree angle and disappeared. Well, while we were all standing out there talking, I was quite worked up because I wasn't expecting to see that. And as we're walking back and forth between the vehicles and stuff, my sister and brother-in-law got out of their vehicle and they were standing along the side of the road and they had heard, she had heard what she claimed was a very loud grunt coming from the thick brush to the left where I'd seen the eye shine move towards. And if that's not as strange, um, we had about three or four doe move across the road. As I mentioned, when I stopped the truck, we saw them in the high beams. And they went down behind the brush where this eye shine was. And we were all just making a lot of noise, running back and forth with flashlights, thermal flares out looking. And my brother-in-law, Chris, Tom Meehawk, and Ricky Cherby decided to investigate this brush to see if they could see any footprints, any broken branches or whatever. And they noticed the deer that had run behind the brush were standing there 10 feet away, looking off in the direction towards their right. And they weren't moving. And they would look back. They knew we were there. They looked back yeah, that, the group. Mm. Yeah, this, what makes it really strange is because they stood there for almost 20 minutes. Right. And they kept looking back at us and then looking away to the, their right. Like they were looking at something in the woods that we couldn't see. Right. And we were making all kinds of noise. We were trying to take measurements, time, you know, look to see if there was footprints. I was in the bush. And even Tom tried to get down into the grass to move closer. Ricky tried to get closer to the deer. They didn't move. They weren't spooked by us at all. They just stood there and they, they obviously knew there was some kind of predator um, right. in the distance to their right because they kept looking at it, staring intently at it. Then they looked back at us and we were just kind of like, that's really odd behavior for deer because usually if they hear a person, they're going to scamper off away. Right, right, well, right. eventually they, they did move on, but they moved on very, very slowly and very, very cautiously, almost like they were hunkered down in the high grass trying to hide from something. So we were there talking back and forth, trying to see this in the thermal flare. We couldn't really see anything. I thought I saw a shape, but it turned out to be a bush in, in the, the thermal. So we decided let's move down to the main road, hang a left and go in the direction of where these deer were looking to see if perhaps we could see anything else. So as a caravan, we drove down to the end of the road, made a left, went down to maybe 100, 200 yards and stopped. And we were in a direct line from whatever was in that bush, what the deer were looking at. And we got out and we were talking amongst ourselves and shining flashlights down into the trees and stuff. And Tom just blurted out. He's like, I see eye shine. I see eye shine. And I'm like, I don't see it. And he grabbed me and pulled me over right in front of him. And just as he did, I saw two bright eyes move just real slowly and methodically behind the tree as if it was pulling a head back and moving away. And we didn't see anything else that night, but we were quite worked up about it. 
Um, I believe Jay Bachochin actually released a, a social media video on it a couple days after it happened, showing the aftermath and everything involved. But that was probably one of the craziest experiences I had up there is seeing just these two huge orange eyes looking back at me for just a few split seconds before it disappeared down into the thick grass and, and whatever it was vanished. My speculation on it is I, I don't know for sure, but I'm thinking we surprised a possible ambush. And what I mean by that is whatever was in that bush was waiting for those deer to cross the road and the high beams hit it and it moved out of that bush pretty quickly. Cause just as it did, the deer crossed the road right in front of our vehicles. So we're mm. thinking maybe something was hiding in that bush waiting for those deer to come out and we interrupt it and it seems to me almost like they were using you as like okay we feel safe around you guys that yeah. perhaps it'll keep mm -hmm. it from coming towards you is that deer that's the odd that it's odd that the deer would feel less threatened by humans than it was feel threatened by whatever was over in the woods you know that's kind of odd behavior yeah almost it, like it they was, felt protected that's what we thought yeah. too <laughs> yeah yeah like they were so, using us as a buffer to, to keep whatever was in the, the tree line away from us because they kept looking real intently and they weren't about to take off. They were just staying there almost 20 minutes. They stayed there. Um, we did go back the next day and we looked for tracks, but that grass was so high and so overgrown with thick weeds and brush. We had a hell of a time moving around in that stuff. We didn't find any impressions, didn't find any footprints or anything like that. When we went back. Uh, low rider, you are right. The chat is hopping. I'm sorry. I'm distracted here because I'm, I'm listening to Eric. When Eric starts talking, he's just like EF Hutton. Everybody wants to listen. <laughs> he has my full attention, but uh, we love you guys. And if I miss anything, you know, just type it in caps. EF Hutton, we earn money the old-fashioned way. We steal it. No, I'm oh, not. I see um, somebody's here. Hey, Mick. <laughs> Good to see you, Mick. Thank you. So uh, somewhere out so, there, Jay does have a video of all these shenanigans going on. Yeah, he has the aftermath video of us, me running around like uh, I was so hyped up from what I had seen. I was just running around aimlessly from car to car to truck to truck, just yelling, oh, my God, did you see that? Did you see that? Because I was just so pumped up that seeing that we took a measurement where the eyes were at the top of that brush and they were over nine and a half feet tall. So right, right. we were really excited about that. But, yeah, he does have a video out there. I'm sure he'd be happy to share it with you if you uh, ever want to see it. Uh, yep. Eric, the, the second time you saw the, uh, the eye shine, was it also orange or was it a different color? It was a different color. Um, and I wasn't, I didn't have a, my high beams from my truck at this point. I just had a, a low right. power flashlight. So right. the eyes that I saw the second time were bright white. And okay. was it I just saw LED? them as the head moves. Right. Was the, the flashlight you were using, was that an LED light? Remember LED flashlight? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that jives so, with um, what we were talking about earlier. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, the, the sighting that I investigated, if you want to hear about that, um, mm -hmm. that happened in May of uh, 2021. And it's a little bit of a long story, but I'll try to cut it down a little bit um went to bed the night before um because it was going it was a friday going into a saturday and i leave my phone on the nightstand and next to my bed and i heard it 
heard a ding and I picked it up and looked at the person who sent me a message and all it said was, you're not going to believe what I just saw. And I looked at the message and put the phone back down and went to sleep. Well, the next morning, about 6.30, I got up, looked at the phone again, and I replied. And I said, what did you see? And the person who sent me the message replied and said, I, I swear I saw a Bigfoot. And knowing who the person was and, and is, I was kind of like, uh-huh, yeah. So I didn't really put too much stock into it. But as I continued to talk to her, um, and she explained the situation. I thought, well, maybe I better go down and check this out. So this person agreed to meet with me and we drove, my son and I drove down to the location where she had her sighting and she is a paramedic. Uh, she's been a paramedic for almost 20 years now, if not longer. And, uh, what happened that night is she explained to me, her and her partner were coming down route 711 towards, um, a little town called Indian head. And as they were driving along this roadway, they, they saw something about 125 feet ahead of them in their bright lights. They were doing about 45, 50 miles an hour. And this thing ran across the road in three steps and went up an embankment. And as she explained to me, it was taller than the ambulance. And they said about seven feet off the ground in the cab of the ambulance. So it was taller than them. And as it ran across the road, as she explained, it looked like um, a, like if you've ever seen Olympian high jumper, how they make those three quick jump like steps with mm. their legs before mm. they make the high jump that's the kind of motion it made as it ran across the road and it took three straps three steps across the road and went up this really steep embankment and disappeared and it's just as they passed it um they got this really horrid smell of like a dead animal um, and it only lasted for a few mm. seconds it dissipated and um as they continued driving down the road she mentioned that um they had like a power loss in the cab of the, uh, the ambulance. All the electronics inside the cab went off. And as they continued driving, it came back on again. So I went down the next morning with my son. We investigated. Uh, we took measurements of the road. The road measured 24 feet wide. So it took three strides across the road, eight foot strides to get across that road. Right. Um, we did find a trail going up into the embankment, um, into the wooded area. Um, we looked around the woods. We found really nothing discernible other than impressions in the ground. And as I went back to, we parked on the side of the road, went back to her vehicle and we were talking with her. Um, we had heard two very loud, almost three, I think it was high pitch shrill screams come off the opposite hillside to the left where she had originally seen the animal cross the road. And um, I was, I've, pretty much at that point convinced that she had seen what she claimed she'd seen. And I eventually got to talk to her partner, who's the other, the paramedic uh, driving the ambulance and he validated everything. And, um, you know, that's what she claimed she saw, he saw. And uh, I make a joke about this when I speak in public and she's probably going to hate me for this, but for close to 26 years, I've been looking for Bigfoot and researching and investigating cases. And I've never seen one. And my sister of all people has the luck of seeing one before me. So I hate my sister. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's how it goes. You know, that's how it goes. <laughs> no, I, I don't hate her. She knows that. But um, that's the joke I make is, you know, I've been looking all this time and I've never seen one. But she's out nonchalantly driving back to the station and there one runs across in front of her ambulance. But, yeah, I, very believable. Um, I have no doubt she saw what she claimed she saw run across the road. And uh, that area where she's at, um, 
we've been focusing our, our research in that area, not far from where she had her sighting. About a year later, as a matter of fact, um, I was up at the, um, the uh, Sasquatch Triangle event, Steve, that uh, you and I had attended. And um, in the hotel room that night, I got a message from her that popped up on my Facebook messenger saying, you're not going to believe this. And I was like, oh, please don't tell me you had another oh, sighting. Yeah. But it turned out uh, a fireman that works at the same um, fire station and ambulance station where she does had a sighting about three miles down the road, almost a year later to the date when she had hers. So we investigated that case, too. And that, that creature we estimated to be over 11 foot tall. Yeah, it happens. Uh, people yeah. people uh, are not don't tend to believe that these things can get that big. Well, first of all, they don't believe they exist, and then second of all, they don't believe they can get that big. But I believe it. <laughs> okay, okay, let's let's get to a couple of questions here. Yeah. Um, uh, Tack Mike Ann has what is the craziest thing that Eric has seen at the ridge? Craziest. Um, the strange self-luminescent glowing orbs in the tree line. Seen those too. I've seen them on a couple of occasions. There. That was the first time uh, I think I've ever seen those really was when I was with you uh, at Benner's Meadow and we kept seeing them. It was mm -hmm. kind of weird. I think Eric is haunted. <coughs> um, and Siberia Visitor says, what type of vehicles... Uh, do you travel in? Uh, maybe it's not for you. Sorry. Um, Hummer. Yeah. We, uh, what kind of vehicles <laughs> did you travel in uh, that were? Uh, oh, cars, trucks. Yeah. Well, if you're asking about the night that I saw the eye shine, I was in a Dodge Ram um, 1500. Um, I believe Ricky was in a Jeep. Um, my sister and brother-in-law were in a Jeep. Um, Jimmy and Dee Dee Trick, were, I think, were in a all-wheel um, <coughs> drive. Um, I can't remember the make and model of it, but uh, there were about five or six vehicles with us, and they were all either pickup trucks or Jeeps or um, maybe a Wrangler. I'm not sure what, what Jimmy and Dee Dee were driving, but that's what we were driving that night. Uh, Eyes in the Woods asked what color orbs. I believe they were kind of whitish. Yeah, the, the ones that I've seen, um, uh, several different colors, and I've seen them in different locations on more than one occasion. And um, I've seen red, um, white, bluish green, a light blue, and a green <coughs> colored orb um, in different spots. And some have been associated with possible Bigfoot activity. Some have not. So I don't know if there's a connection with those two or not, but... Who knows? Well, I tell you, the ones on the river around here are white and like a light, white, white blue. You know what I mean? Uh, like mm -hmm. it's so white, it's got a bluish tint to it. Mm -hmm. So that's something that uh, actually lines up. Pipeline orbs. Yeah, I don't know if such a thing exists. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, that there's a lot to that. And a lot of people have different theories. And I've got a theory. I believe it's uh, something to do with natural gas and radon gas, uh, air uh, gas bubbles. But, uh, you know, 
really a weird thing. Marfa, Texas is really famous for that. You can go see the Marfa lights. You know, that I think they're, they're seen on a regular basis. And I do believe they have a large deposit of natural gas there, too. Maybe a lot of large deposits of radioactive material. Brian asks who's going to win the sword fight. And uh, Billy um, asks... I'm remaining unbiased. <laughs> All lightning, but there was no real atmospheric conditions going on at that time. The time we saw the orbs, I mean, it was a clear night. So, no, it's it's it's, it's not lightning. No, nah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's not lightning. Yeah, and it wasn't like in a in a like ball lightning tends to go by quickly and in a direction. This kind of just kind of just like. And you know the nice thing about the the orbs and just kind of floated, yeah. Is it's it's not like uh, something that hasn't been proven to exist. I mean, it's pretty. It's common acceptance that yeah, the orb things exist, whatever they are, but there's no good scientific explanation for it. Right. Weird. Weird. I I don't know what they are, and I'm not going to try to speculate what they are. I know I've seen them in several different locations. Some near yeah. power lines, some not near power lines, some near gas lines, some not near gas lines. Right. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I mean, the ones we just, saw were in the tree lines. And I'll leave with that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And they can do so. some weird things. It's almost like yeah. they got a mind of their own. Isn't that yeah. weird? Uh, you know, Mike says, yeah, it wasn't lightning. But uh, Bill says, uh, Billy says, don't get me wrong. I've seen them here, but I try not to look too yeah. much into them. And I don't either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that's interesting. Not related. I don't think it's related either, Billy. No. Because I, I think, think uh, I, I think Chris and I have seen them in Kentucky without any um, Bigfoot activity going on or any. You know, we were just in an area, and there's like we see a quick, quick ball of light, and that was it. And we're like, they, what ha the hell they happen uh, down next to Green River, uh, really, really often. I mean, matter of fact, you could probably go see it on a nightly basis in the summer. Right. And uh, even finding the track where you've seen one. Yeah. 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 About the size of a basketball or, or volleyball, whatever, soccer ball. Sometimes they're a little smaller. Never seen one bigger than that. But, uh, yeah. I think the ones we saw were like the size of baseballs. They weren't very uh, large, but they weren't, you know, they were noticeable. Uh, but, but fascinating phenomena, nonetheless, but not really related. And what, what I love about it's that. It's just that one of the weird things that happens on the ridge. Yeah. Well, there's been uh, a number of uh, UFO sightings on the ridge as well. Hmm. Yeah. I, I've seen my share of strange things in the sky in the around the ridge. And, heck, I have a, I had a video. I sent it to you on Facebook, Steve, um, that I saw standing in my backyard in January of 2023 that I still have no idea what it was. And I'm not a UFO researcher. Um, I don't I have an interest in the subject. I think it's fascinating, but I don't go actively investigating it. I sent it to Stan to look at, and he's convinced it's not a plane. So who knows? Um, now, the whole way, now, the funny thing is there's been an interest in the Jan Clement story again recently. Got a couple of emails on that, and, of course, the Jan Clement story originated from the Chestnut Ridge, but um, you know, to reiterate to reiterate that that we have found 
very strong concrete evidence that the, the story was fabricated by John that was, Domical. That was fiction, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was even a pseudonym filed in the uh, United States Library, uh, Congress, uh, Library of Library of Congress, Library yeah. of Congress, that even said that Jan Clement was a pseudonym of New. John Tomical. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, not not necessarily. I mean, John Tomical was a fiction writer um, and a science writer as well because he was an earth science teacher. So we did come off with having a lot of knowledge about science. And if you look in the book, his bio, his autobiography, John Tomical's life kind of paralleled what Jan Clement's life was as well. Yeah. And uh, almost to the point where they got divorced the same year they got, they were in Korea. They, you know, they were both in the army. They both were science teachers. They, you know, they way yeah. too much to say that, that Jan Clement was somebody other than John Tomical. So. Our good friend uh, Ryan Cavallini did a documentary film yep. on the Jan Clement story that you were in, yep. and um, he actually got to meet John and talk with him. And John's denied it all his way, all the way up to his deathbed, that he was Jan Clement. But you have to wonder the story, the way it's written, um, if maybe perhaps John spent some time down there in Kentucky Knob, um, in, in Fayette County, maybe even owned a cabin down there. Um, that it, he came up with the story because the, the lore and the, the sightings of Bigfoot in that area date back prior to him writing that book. Sure. Um, so maybe he got wind of it from newspaper articles and uh, decided to come up with the story. I don't know. That, that was very clear because in, in the book itself, it mentions Stan Gordon. I don't well, know if you too, realize right. that. Most writers have a have a secluded place they go off to think about things and write. Now, now here's the interesting thing. When uh, I, I did the overhead, um, there were some references in the book, uh, The Creature. And when I started doing some overhead references, I actually thought I had found the property. Because there was a cabin mm -hmm. there that had burned down and I found a burned out cabin on a property with a pond. And when I showed, uh, and, and I can thank Dave Dragason for leading me to Bob Gratson, who lives in the area, who's an uh, uh, entomologist. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I talked with Bob uh, uh, Gratson. Um, and he, uh, he turned around and said that, hey, you know, uh, that area there you pointed out is known as Clements Point. <laughs> which I found like, what? <laughs> so that may be even where... <laughs> Oh, Tomical came up with the name of Jan Clement from Clement's Point, and obviously yeah. there's the property. So it started to make all the sense that all the, the puzzle pieces were fitting together, that this was a very elaborate, uh, yet very uh, well-crafted um, yeah. story. Oh, mostly, yeah. Yeah, it was science fiction. It wasn't really science. We got a little bit on the outside edge of believability there every now and then. But... Well, it's because he's using real geological references. Yes. Which some authors do. They will use geological references that they know of to enhance a story. And an interesting little side note, the camping adventure is only about three miles away from Kentuck Knob. So it's literally within a stone's throw of where the story supposedly took place. Right. Yep. That was cool. Yep. See if the story is real, bring a shovel. You, know, you might find <laughs> a grave. You never know. 
Yeah, he met he, he he buried it with, I believe, a wheel hub. Yeah. Yeah. So bring a metal detector. Find it. Yeah, bring a metal detector. Take <laughs> care. And I feel real bad because I know Dave Dragerson was really hot on that for a while of where it was buried on the West Virginia, Pennsylvania border. Yeah. Um Rabbit homesteading, thank you. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we all need to quit smoking. No doubt there. Um, yeah, so uh, so people have been asking me questions about that lately, too, because it popped up again, and I'm like going, um, you know, I hope you folks know that this is all just a, you know, it's a, it's a well-crafted story. That's all it is. Mm. Yeah, it's, it really is an interesting story. Um, there's some interesting aspects of it, and I don't want to give it away because – if you, people want to read the book, it's called The Creature, and it's written by a, a pseudonym, Jan Clement. But there are some interesting things in there that I've, all the years I've been researching and studying the phenomenon, I've never heard of a Bigfoot making love to a cow. That's the first for me. So, Eric, I wasn't going to go there, but you're right. That was the part that was uh, weird, weird, pretty, weird. That's, yeah, that's that stretched the imagination, the gullibility point. They're like, oh. I guess if you're Bigfoot and you're lonely, any port in a storm. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> well, uh, you definitely don't want to be Bigfoot's prom date, for sure. No. But, oh, I had some questions, too. Okay, Chestnut Ridge. It's called Chestnut Ridge because it has a large number of chestnuts or did have it one time? It did at one time um, in the 1800s. It was known for its abundant uh, crop of chestnut trees. And unfortunately, blight came in and wiped out the entire population of trees. And, and it, that's how it got its name, the Chestnut Ridge. It's actually the furthest western ridge of the Allegheny Mountains, or it's part of the Appalachian Mountains, if you will. And uh, you can see it there on the map that it, it's where they see the, the star showing Chalk Hill. That's about mm -hmm. where the Benner's campground is. But to the left of it, um, that ridge that runs down, you see Mount Pleasant, Connellsville, Dunbar, um, Uniontown, yeah. Hopwood, Fairchance, all the way into Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, it's like 80 miles in length, uh, running um, southwest uh, to northeast and uh, several miles wide. And a lot of the phenomena that takes place takes place between that ridge and the ridge to the east, the Laurel Ridge. So that area there is just a really crazy area with all kinds of weird activity. A lot of Bigfoot sightings over the years, well, tons and tons what about of the, What about pine trees or evergreens? Are there very many in that area? There are some, yes. Um, a lot of rhododendrons. That seems to be like the plant that, that inhabits mm -hmm. most of the ridge is rhododendrons. But there are pine trees and pine mm -hmm. groves and yeah. a lot of uh, well, forested area in the Forbes State yeah. Forest. Like in Kentucky, man, we have a lot of hardwood trees, and then you'll run up on a, a small area of pines, 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 and then, you know, it goes back to the hardwood trees. It's like they're clumped together in small areas throughout the the hardwood forest. Yeah, but, that's uh, how that's it is on the ridge. That's something I'm always interested in. Any place that's had the, a lot of Bigfoot sightings, are there evergreen trees available around somewhere for wintertime use and stuff? Because uh, it's hard to stay hidden oh, in, the, in the in the winter time when all the leaves are gone, but if you go into uh, an evergreen uh, area, pines or cedars or something like that, 
there's always hiding spots. Yep. You know, one one of the most amazing stories I think to come out of the area, actually a couple of stories, was one that, that Dave uh drag had uh brought out was when he was doing the the sketches of the one with uh either cleft lip or cut lip and that years later that same sasquatch emerged somebody had seen the same one and uh it had the same that was a phenomenal story and um you know i i know that somewhere i have a a video of him talking about that. And it's just uh, uh, really a phenomenal story. Dave was a great uh, orator of it. And he was great at, you know, putting these sketches to these Bigfoot sightings. And um, unfortunately, I think some of them now are lost to time. are going to be lost to time, which is very unfortunate, but. Well, I think that's really important. Fortunately, I I have uh, a packet that he gave me. Nice. Well, that's cool. awesome. Um, yeah, because we, we don't ever lose those. I mean, that was he did some really, I think that was some groundbreaking research with, with the, the two ones with that lip, that cut lip. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's almost to me like the, the footprints that I had found. Well, I had found one and another researcher had found another, the same creature. I mean, I think yeah. stuff like that kind of proves more than just coincidence to this mystery that, Hey, we have a witness who saw this here. And then several years later, here's this witness seeing this one, not knowing about the first witness reporting the same, you know, deformity in the face of the Sasquatch. I think that that says a lot as an investigator to me, that's like, Hey, that's, that's a huge, you know, that's a big, you know, that's a big check Mark that this is legit stuff, a legit phenomenon going on. Yeah, the one with the um, the, the cleft lip um, was referred to as the old man of the swamp. And it was around the Washington Springs area of Jamonville. And uh, we actually, Dave and I, um, met with the woman who um, had a sighting of the creature on the roadway. And um, she was leaving work from Nemecolin Woodlands, which is this very large posh resort. She worked as a bartender, and it was after 2 in the morning she was driving home on Jamonville Road. And uh, in the distance, she could see some – she thought it was a person walking down the middle of the road. She had her high beams on and came to almost a slow crawl behind this person, which turned out not to be a person. She described it someone in a Halloween costume with a horrible, scary Halloween mask, very tall, very hairy. And as she came up behind it, it slowly turned around and looked right down at her through the windshield. She got a really good look at the face before she drove around it and took off into the darkness. But very convincing witness. Um, she actually moved to Florida after she had the sighting. And when she did the episode of Finding Bigfoot that was filmed in Fayette County, she flew up from Florida to retell her story on TV. Wow. Yeah, that is, uh, uh, you, you know, it never ceases to amaze me, some of those stories. I mean, and I think that, this area has some of the best ones uh, out there as far as people have identified. I mean, the fact that a paramedic with her partner had seen one, the fact that, you know, you can corroborate it with another firefighter who had a sighting a year, a year down the road. Um, that's just tremendous. Well, yeah. This area is also, uh, 
there's a lot of UFO stuff going on in there, or had had been UFO sightings. Oh, there still stuff. is. Yes, almost on a daily but, basis. Stan Gordon gets her UFO reports. Now, one would think that that's probably not too unusual, given the remoteness of the area, the lack of. <clears throat> depending on what you know, what direction you're looking at, I'm sure. I, I know Uniontown is pretty br pretty bright city when you look at it, but if you're looking at the other area, opposite direction of Uniontown, going towards Chestnut Ridge, you know you have a lot of uh, zero light pollution, and you right. can see a lot. Yeah. yeah, and the skyline is a lot bigger than, and there's same instances in Whitehall like that as well. Right. Which is the reason why Whitehall has a very high sighting of UFOs as well, is because. Yeah. You have this. So to me, it's not it's, you know, I know there's people like make correlations, but the correlation I like to bring out is look at the amount of, you know, uh, unpolluted night sky you have right. to look at in these areas uh, as opposed to, you know, regular cities. Yeah. If you're in town, man, you look up, you hardly you see some stars, but you're not going to be able to see as much if you're out in the middle of the country. No, no light pollution. Yep. Um, I think, uh, you know, to me, this area is kind of like the Whitehall of Pennsylvania almost because there's just so much Bigfoot activity that goes on. Now, Eric, do you see an area that, that, that caused this to be a choke point, perhaps maybe between Pennsylvania and West Virginia? Um, I don't really get many things from West Virginia as far as sighting reports along, along the Chestnut Ridge. We've had them over the years, but not, not. Nothing that shows that it is a direct connection. Um, the the sightings seem to be further north, although it is close to the West Virginia line. Um, getting up towards Smithfield, Fairchance, and further north, that's where a lot of this stuff is going on. Um, share a funny story with you. Um, Tom Meehawk and I, um, we went up to the dairy part of the ridge, which is further north. It's almost to the northern end of the ridge. And we took his daughter up to a place up in uh, Laurel, uh, Laurel Highland State Park. And uh, we wanted to take her out to uh, an observation deck on this, uh, I guess, the cranberry bogs. And we were out there past dark. And you're not supposed to be in state parks after dark or you can get tickets from the, uh, the park rangers. Well, as we were coming out, I went out before those guys and I was waiting at the truck. And sure enough, two park rangers pulled in. And we're asking us what we were doing there. And we were talking about, you know, taking her daughter down to the observation point and showing her around at night. And they gave us a warning, said, we don't want you down here. You're not allowed to be in the park after dark. So we were getting ready to leave. Hmm. And I just, out of curiosity, I, I, we were talking to them. And I think it was Tom that piped up and said, do you guys know of any Bigfoot sightings around here? And they kind of looked at each other for a second. Okay. And the one answer, he says, not so much around here as there is down in Fayette County. So... That was kind of an odd answer for him to say that, but there you go. Fayette County, Uniontown, Hopwood, Fairchance, getting closer to the West Virginia state line. So whether or not they were humoring us, I don't know, or whether they were being honest with us, anybody's guess. But I find it rather interesting that they they uh, diverted us to Fayette County. Yeah. I, like, I like the honest park rangers, the ones that say, oh, no, that the ones that say, oh, no, that's ridiculous. There's no such thing as Bigfoot. You can't trust those guys. But you know, the guy that tells you, the guy that tells you, well, I've not seen anything, but several other guys 
claimed to have seen something like you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> That's the well, one the, you could probably believe. I, I mean, the weird thing is, is, uh, you know, when we did uh, back in uh, 20, 2011, I had talked to the one forest ranger, or maybe it was 2012. 2012 talked to the one forest ranger that was the vet i had known him he had been there for years and you know when i said i know you probably think this is all ridiculous us looking for bigfoot and he's like oh no 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 not at all he goes there's areas of these woods that haven't been touched by humans in hundreds of years i mean just like automatic yeah and um you know uh that that to me and it was just so quick and so spontaneous that you know i i think there is this um they know they know something is out there because people keep reporting it. Right. Um, they don't blow it off like our quote unquote skeptics do, trying to right. say, you know, eyewitnesses make the worst available. You know, well, if eyewitnesses make the worst uh, pieces of evidence, why are they so heavily relay, relied upon in courts of law? You know, uh, obviously, I've always I've always said this. Um, you know, people see robbers run out of a bank. They never misidentify what species they are. <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, um, they're always humans. Um, well, for ever... every every species that's been discovered that you know, did, wasn't known to exist before, there was always the first eyewitness. Somebody saw it. You know, the Billy Ape, somebody saw that. Now, I, the... have a qu- I have a quick question in this. You may know, you may not know, but I find it very interesting that there is a um, place called Gibbon Glade on the, the Chestnut Ridge. And that's right down there uh, towards the center of the map. Yeah, that's getting almost oh, into Ohio pile. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know there. the history of it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's any relation to bigfoot activity in the area i've never received any reports from gibbons glade but i did notice that too and uh who knows if you notice uh there's like a a spot where that one the mountain range out the west is kind of like connected to the mountain range on the east there at that bottom part where it says gibbon glade that's kind of interesting like a little short valley between them Mm -hmm. that would be i would think that would be a uh a corridor of some type. That's interesting. I'm glad you pointed that out, Steve. I hadn't even paid any attention to it. And uh, from Wikipedia, it just says Gibbon Glade, not Gibbons Glade, Gibbon Glade. Gibbon Glade. Is that's, an that's unincorporated great. community in Fayette County, Pennsylvania. Yeah. The community is 12.8 miles south, southeast of Uniontown. Gibbon Glade has a post office. Uh, which opened in on February eighth, eighteen seventy, but nothing okay. as to the origination of the name Gibbon Glade. Okay, I'm gonna mute out here because I'm gonna be typing for a minute. So there goes the doctor off and running on his. Uh, he he's gonna do a little research on if he can find out. <laughs> The uh, Chestnut Ridge, um, the sightings that the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society has received over the last couple of years has kind of dropped off. Uh, we, we used to get sighting reports constantly, 
but now there's other researchers and research groups in the area. So we're not getting the reports that we used to get. And, and not only that, the fact that I stepped away from the PBS for a few years, but um, we're starting to, to get reports back again. And I've looked into a couple of sightings for 2023. Um, some actually fall right on the Chestnut Ridge in the northern part. And we've had a couple, uh, Stan and I have investigated this year as well, that are pretty interesting cases, um, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, uh... Nope, Chris cannot find it. No, no. I was looking in my source of odd place names, and normally it'll come up and tell you. Like I, it was the same place I looked before when I got the uh, the Goblin Hollow here in Kentucky. I was like, "Why do they call it that? <laughs> Are they seeing like uh, something at night or something?" And it turned out that one was just turkeys. Instead of spelling it gobbling, uh, they spelled it Goblin. Well, I mean, how many times are Bigfoot vocalizations uh, equated to sounding like gibbons? Yeah, exactly. That's why it's, you, you've piqued my curiosity. I'm yeah, not going to give up. I'm just not going to do. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to uh, hold the farm that Gibbon Glade is named after uh, no. due to Bigfoot events, but, no, but um, you, know. you know, similar to Ape Canyon, which was not named after the Fred Beck incident, it was right. named After a sports collective, you uh, you planted the seed now, and it's going to bother me until I. <laughs> Till I figured out, I want to know how, why this place was named Gibbon Glade. Uh, it could be just you know some guy, some farmer named Gibbon used to live there. I used to play. I used to live at a place called Lee Grand, yep. and it was named after Lee Grand McGee, a local farmer that was very popular and everybody loved him. So they named the place Lee Grand. Hmm. Lee Grand. No, Lee Green. <laughs> I, I've always wondered how did Ohio Pile get its name? Is it just like a pile of Ohio just sitting there in the middle of the... Um, well, I, I can tell you that Ohio Pile is known for its whitewater rafting, um, hiking trails. Um, it's become a real tourist destination cool. over the last few years that people go to camp and, and ride the, the, the whitewater rapids down through the the uh, Yakagani down through there, and it, it's it's a nice place. It's, they, yeah. They're building it up pretty nicely. Oh, that, that, that whole, cool. whole area is gorgeous. Um, you know, and uh, again, state game lands number fifty-one. That was the epicenter of the uh, the book, the creature. That was where that had mm. occurred. That's where the cabin was. Was up in, in state, allegedly uh, in state game game lands. And the amazing thing was, is that you find so much of this information and this is like the caveat um, of doing investigation sometimes is sometimes you find a lot of stuff that says, hey, this is real. Look, we found the property here. Here, look, there's a burned out cabin. There's the pond. There's the it's right across from these cow pastures or what used to be cow pastures that he used to sit on his porch and look at. And you're thinking. <clears throat> this story is real, but then you start digging, digging and digging and you're finding other things that are not making sense. And that's why it's so complicated sometimes to put together a good picture of a lot of these more historical type cases like Ostman and Fred Beck and all of these others. Jan Clement to me falls into that classic type of storyline as well, where, you know, sometimes you're going to find stuff that's going to corroborate 
but you're going to find stuff that that does not that's, make sense. And when you that's start, that's a good writer. That's really, that's, that's a right. good writer. Right. And just so you're aware, I'm sure you already know, State Game Lands 51 has a tremendous amount of sightings that have occurred over the years, not just during Jan, supposedly Jan Clement's time, but all the way up to present. Um, in 2009, we were running around with our heads off, like chickens with our heads off, chasing reports. We were getting reports from Game Lands 51 almost once a week in that area. And we were, we were running all, Dave and I were running all over the place down there investigating. Um, it's, it's a real beautiful area. You've only seen a part of it. You've seen the Southwestern part of it, but it, it's huge. <laughs> it's a very, yeah. very vast area of forest. And um, I've hiked a lot of it. Um, and a lot of it I haven't explored yet. And I'm hoping to, but um, it's a huge area with still a lot of ongoing Bigfoot activity and sightings in that area. And uh, just by the way, Mike, uh, Mike Ann wrote that uh, Eric uh, chat. Eric puts on an amazing event. If you can go, you should. The camping adventure is one of the reasons why I got into researching. If you attend, attended, you will make some great friends. That is the very truth there, too. It, it is an awesome time. Thank you, and, Mike. Uh, uh, I can't say enough about it. I love going there. It's always a bunch of laughs. Hopefully this time I won't break any ribs. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah hopefully not oh um that was quite the story um is that my uh, uh 2019 uh i was giving my lecture sunday morning and i got out of my cabin i didn't realize it had rained the night before so i hit the top step down i went all 14 steps and my ribs hit every single staircase on the way down Ended up flattening my back on the bottom of the staircase with my feet towards the staircase. I don't know how I spun around. Um, wind knocked out of me and everybody just standing there in the campground going. And finally I got up and I just muscled it out and I did my my thing. I smiled. I, I had a good time. And then I had an eight hour drive home that day. And luckily I had heated seats back then. So I could just put the heat on my 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 busted ribs, and it, it took a couple of months, but uh, but still, still had a great time, busted ribs and all. So the worst place to break something a rib that sucks can't even breathe good. Uh, oh, <laughs> only, only hurts when I laugh. <laughs> yeah, you, you laugh when it hurts. You, I mean, you, yep. when you laugh, it hurts. When you breathe, it hurts. It, it, <laughs> Move, lay on your side, hurts. Terrible. Um, Atlanta Clutch asked, are these rec recreational areas? Some of them are. Um, and I think some of them are residences. There's residential areas, farm areas, uh, and recreational areas all together in this whole area. Um, because whether I believe while the state game lands are kind of nothing but forested areas, uh, the areas surrounding it have residences and, and cabins and people that live there and uh, as well as other little, you know, touristy recreation areas like, you know, the rafting down at Ohio Pile. I would be interested if, in That's correct. Re researching if there are any universities that own property in this area. Um. All right, Martin McTie asks, are there closest, large... 
Good question, Martin. Are there any large amount of encounters with hunters? Um, we have received reports from hunters in that area, yes. Um, some that have come forward publicly, some that um, have asked to remain anonymous and, and have just shared their details and don't want it published. Um, so we've had our share of, of encounters, whether they be sightings or hearing vocalizations or finding footprints. Yeah, we, we've had our share. Yeah, this area is uh, really good. And uh, Eric, we're going to go to 1030 tonight, just so you know. Um, the, the, the Steve-ster has uh, been feeling a little under the weather last few days, and uh, Chris knows about it. Yeah. Uh, Don't push yourself, bud. No. No. Uh, the good news is, if anybody's worried, uh, the heart is good, the neurological systems are good, and the blood work is good. So I'm okay. Um, I just feel a little under the weather. I think exhaustion is coming into uh, play a little bit here, as Chris knows. Mm. Um, sometimes when you get to my age, uh, you push yourself like you're 25 <laughs> when you're approaching 55 next month. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, yep. not not the as brain. easy. The and brain still says you're 25 and the body says, oh, no, buddy. No, no. <laughs> Nope. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, in, in case people are wondering, yes, uh, I mean, I might as well just say it. Friday, uh, I had an episode which landed me in the ER. Um, I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand uh, without falling over because I was incre incredibly dizzy. And there's no explanation as to why or what caused it. But, you know, they did put me on the good old EKG. They ran blood enzymes for my heart. They ran neurologics for stroke and all that wonderful stuff. And I was all cleared. So the body's working very well. Everything is normal. Uh, but whatever the body is just not reacting so well to the increased work schedule that I have taken on in the last few months. And it's just starting to catch up with this old guy, unfortunately. So. Hmm. Now this is interesting. Billy says there's I know a that feeling. <laughs> there's a big whitetail lodge in Gibbon Glade. Lots of hunters there. Be a good place to talk to some hunters. There you ah, go. Thanks, Billy. Great. Yeah, I'll uh, and Mick told me that. Yep. And uh, Mick told me not to eat the uh, the meatloaf. <laughs> Jay said he heard a couple sets of whoops at the cabin. Uh, Eric put him, put, us up, put him up at it 2 a.m. in 2019. Yeah, um, we put him in a cabin off uh, site of Benner's. Um, it was uh, Jay, my, my wife and I were staying there. Jay and his son were staying there. Um, and I think maybe Ricky Cherby stayed there. I'm not sure. I can't remember. It was five years ago. But um, there was a bunch of us staying there. And he was at the cabin. We all went to bed. He went outside to smoke a cigarette. And while he was out on the front porch, the garage, which is maybe 25 yards from the house, mm -hmm. he heard two very loud whoops uh, emanate from the, just behind the garage that night. So, mm. yeah, pretty interesting. And there's stuff that, like I said, there's stuff going on on the ridge all the time. Um, yep. I can't guarantee people are going to have a Bigfoot encounter when they're up there, but you're in prime territory. Um, well, and, and yeah. when you're out there investigating. It's a good area to get out there and see for yourself. Yeah, when you're out there investigating and doing a follow-up on a sighting report and you hear some uh, 
vocals up on the ridge. It's, that's that's a pretty good location. <laughs> yeah. It's worth a look. Yeah, for sure. And um, I lost my train wreck of thought. Um, but it was uh, it was in Benner's, uh, I think, the year before, the year before that, uh, 2017, where I had gotten the um, uh, the Therm of the Bear. Mm-hmm. That had we were uh, the team was walking in and we heard something and I got the therm up and the bear at that time was standing there looking at us and it was probably about 150 feet away and uh, the bear dropped and ran off and you mm. can see the bear's hindquarters ungulating which kind of told us it yeah. was a bear. That's the one where like you're you're standing there and you turn around and it's it's standing back there behind you. Well, that wasn't that, that wasn't me that was turning around. That was actually Sean okay. Dennis that was in okay. the video there that he turned around yeah. and looked because we had heard it moving right. and that's why we all I, I put the flare up and then Sean heard it and he turned and that's when it dropped down and ran off. That's one of those moments you hear a noise and you turn the flare towards you and you see something standing up there about seven feet tall. You're like. <laughs> and, and again, which which tells me is that the FLIR may not prove a Bigfoot exists, but it's an incredibly good tool to determine what you're looking at. Great tool, yeah. You know, and that way, you know, had we not had the FLIR, we would all thought, did we hear a Bigfoot? Yeah. You know, because we heard something moving around and run off. But instead, we could tell that, hey, in this case, it was a bear. So what's even more freaky is like the time, you know, Mike and I had where we got where Mike caught a glimpse of something. And then moments later, there was a tree knock, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was all live on the podcast. <laughs> um, so we, we have a lot of fun. We're going to probably try to do that again this year is probably get out and do a live uh, field X. And of course, as a lot of people know, this is going to be the last show of the year because the next two shows fall on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Yeah. And really, we want people to enjoy their time with their families and friends as well. Right. And uh, Henry White, G Henry E. White Jr. Welcome, sir. That's a new one in the chat. Welcome, Henry, welcome. Good to see you. Welcome. Um, you know, so what, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you know, you got a lot of planning going on with the uh, camping adventure uh, going on. Is there any more surprises coming or we got pretty much it's pretty much hammered down now, Eric. It's pretty much locked into place. Um, who's going to be there? As I mentioned, um, we're going to have Ken Gerhardt coming back. Um, we're going to have um, Jeff Headley and Willie McQuillan from the Mountain Monsters show joining us. Um, and uh, Ronnie LeBlanc from uh, Expedition Bigfoot are our special guests. They're going to be there this year. We've got eight great speakers, Dave Spinks. Uh, yourself, Steve, coming back. I think this is what your third or fourth year. Uh, I've been there. I think every year you've had it. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, so you're yep. one. You're the veteran. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you and Jay Bachochin, Um, He's going to be coming back. Uh, Brian Parsons is coming back again. His third or fourth time. Stan Gordon, Ron Murphy, um, uh, Kenny Biddle, Rick Fisher. Um, Rick was there last year, a, a great researcher who researches the Albert Witch out in eastern Pennsylvania and does some Bigfoot work for the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society. So we've got a great lineup of speakers coming in. We've got Dave Wickham and Brian Bowden doing the workshops. Uh, we've got the night hikes on Friday night and Saturday night where 
who knows what you'll run into the woods out there bear possible bigfoot strange sounding owls orbs of light you never know what you're going to find out there in the woods yep. um we've got sasquatch karaoke which is happening for the first time um we're not going to have walter shrum back um we had him a couple years in a row and we're going to try something different this year with sasquatch karaoke um oh, well, yeah. people get a chance put steve to... on the mic <laughs> recording and i want a video of that if i can get a video of him singing i will send it to you chris <laughs> please 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 but uh, I, I do want to mention um yeah, this event it, it's a charity fundraiser event uh, yeah. we don't benefit from the event we we donate all the proceeds after we pay for all the expenses we donate the proceeds to a couple local charities usually an animal shelter and this year we're doing an yeah, animal shelter and we're doing uh, a charity that benefits underprivileged children so they can attend camp so Oh, very that's what we're cool. doing it for this time around. Oh, uh, we've always done that in the past. Um, yeah, so we would just try to get back to the community. We, we try to help people that want to learn about Bigfooting and, and what's involved. And they get to learn from some of the people in the field with experience, um, yeah. veteran researchers. They get to do hands-on workshops. They get to go out in the woods and, and experience what a, a night in the woods looking for Bigfoot is like. Um, we've got – it's it's – family friendly. So it's it has something for everybody there. And uh, I invite everybody to come out and uh, check us out. PA Bigfoot camping adventure.com is the website where you can get tickets. Um, tickets are starting to sell. So um, we have limited space, limited amount of tickets we're selling. So if you want to go, this is the time to buy them. They make a great Christmas present, a Bigfoot stocking stuffer, if you will. <laughs> um, so get your ticket. It's join us in September. Come out and meet Steve. Come out and meet Jay. Mike, uh, Mike will be there. Mike Ann, um, Jay Bachochin, um, Billy Willard might actually make an appearance. I'm trying to talk him into uh, coming up for the weekend to join us. That would be so awesome. You never know who's going to be there. You never know who's going to be there. Well, uh, this is the, uh, all the proceeds go to charity. That just proves to everybody, Eric, what I already know that Eric Altman is a good man. That's it. Amen. <laughs> I got you <Sweet>. fooled. <laughs> oh, man. And he's humble, too. <laughs> you know, uh, I was going to save this for our members, but we got to play at least one little jingle tonight. Oh, share it. Share it. Do it. Do it. Well, there's a guy named Ricky Dyer likes to pull off Bigfoot hoaxes. all right we just had to do that <laughs> i like that one that's so much favorite. so much for tiktok <laughs> oh man! No, it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome time, and uh, I, I can't wait. And uh, the wife is looking forward to it. Sherry's actually we're gonna get Sherry out there too for it. So she's excited Yay. meeting you, Eric, and everybody else in the gaggle. And um, well, I've already met Sherry. Yeah. Yep. I don't think she's met Jay, or has she? No, no, she hasn't met Jay yet. No. 
I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and Jay is one of those funny guys, you know, when you connect with them, it's so, it's like just like you've known the guy your whole life. Jay is like one of those guys, you meet him, it's like you've known him for, for 20, 30 years after meeting him for five minutes. So that's really cool. And of course, the incomparable Brian Parsons. Another another troublemaker, usually in baseball uniform. And uh, you know, I, I you know, I I can't I I can't knock him for like in baseball, but uh really really, what's that team calling themselves now? The Guardians? Mm. Sounds like a sounds like a bad <laughs> hockey team. Uh, we, we got we gotta start a little uh we gotta start a little um Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's going to be a great time, and I, I can't wait and to, to get back out there on the uh, on the ridge with the pipelines and start snooping around there and, and you know checking that area out. That's always exciting for me, um, knowing that area's uh, knowing that area's history, and uh, you know who knows maybe the men in black will make another appearance this year. Um, I remember the last year yeah, I, I they had were there last of, year. I remember the year uh, the Men in Black carting off Bigfoot. We caught that on on video last time I was there, and uh, you know, looking forward to, to to seeing all our friends, and that's um, going to be a great time. Um, and as far as us, uh, you know, uh, I want to, you know, obviously. Uh, it's time for family and friends uh, over the next few weeks as we enter the holiday season. And Eric, I'm glad you could join us on the last show of the year. Yeah. And uh, we'll definitely want to get you on a few weeks prior to the Bigfoot camping adventure for any updates and stuff like that. And uh, you know, who knows, maybe we'll get Brian on and we'll get Jay back on for the years up. Uh, we got a lot of shows play in, in the works for next year. Um, Already, we have uh, most of the month of January booked, um, including one of the speakers uh, that's going to be at the uh, Bigfoot Camping Adventure. Uh, because I'm not going to make the announcements complete yet until uh, after the first of the year. No, I make me. I make the meatloaf. Steve makes the meatloaf. Nick. Um. But, uh, you know, we are going to be cutting a couple of videos of uh, bef between now and the end of the year. Uh, we do have uh, one that I, I believe our, our, our good friend, uh, uh, the Vault of BS, knows about. And uh, so that should give some hint of what that video is going to be about. And we also have another video coming out. In response, uh, funny thing is the last video I cut, the last deep dive video I cut was about the picture that Chris helped discover uh, as the template for what we had seen. That guy that submitted to me that was supposedly was my friend. Yeah. Well, apparently, after about a month, we have some sort of rebuttal how this was all one big mistake. And uh, Sure, certainly. Certainly, but we, we have some information about that as well. We will present his explanation and what we think of that explanation. So I think that's really important as well. Sure. And uh, so there's a lot of things coming for next year. 
um, a lot more fun. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh, that's here, audience, that we don't get to do very often. Yeah. want to thank everybody for being here in 2023 with us. Look forward to seeing you all in 2024. And uh, we love you guys. And uh, without you, you guys, there wouldn't be a show. Yeah. We have the best audience in the world. Amen to that. Everybody <laughs> is very well grounded. For those that are new here, you will learn. And we try to put out some educational stuff while trying to have some fun. And we try to bring out the sanest, uh, most plausible explanations to this mystery without going off on uh, tangents into fantasy and to science fiction. Wading through the woo so you don't have to. That's right. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jen. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Chris. And, uh, you know, Steve, since this is going to be your last show of the year, I'm going to say some stuff. We never we never talk about religion or politics or anything like that on here. And mainly because we love everybody. Right. And, you know, personally, I'm a, a Baptist, a backsliding Baptist. And I've been married to a Buddhist for oh, 20 years now. And uh, so you can imagine some of the some of the conversations we have in our home. But uh, as, as we approach the holiday season, it's going to be Christmas for me. Uh, for some of our other friends, it's going to be Hanukkah. Uh, I, I think a few people, you know, they, they what's that, Kwanzaa? They celebrate Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. But it's the holiday season for everybody. And for those that don't celebrate anything other than being off work, okay, you can thank all of, all of us for <laughs> giving you that time off work. But you got to remember, you know, uh, hate is wrong you know hate is the religion of satan or the bad guy whichever religion you're following hate is the religion of the bad guy so don't don't fall into it uh you know and my religion is jesus loves everybody and he don't like killing no matter what the reasons for but be good to, be good to each other and love each other and i think we'll have a better place and i appreciate you guys and I do love each and every one of you, and I'm proud. Uh, you know, it's really, I cannot tell you how proud it makes me for you guys to come in here and spend your time with us every week. And I really do appreciate you. Thank you so much. And it's been a great year, 2023. Hopefully, 2024 will be even more fun. And, uh, you know, Steve and I both love you guys. And I'm going to say that uh, I'll do my last spiel of the year. If it's your first time watching us on YouTube, you know, give us a thumbs up. Uh, hit the subscribe if you haven't already. We appreciate you. Uh, it helps the channel. It helps the algorithm. We don't pay for, you know, uh, all these things where you, uh, what do they call it, Steve? When you promote your channel, you buy like a bunch we of don't buy ads and crap. Yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't buy that stuff. We only get known from people clicking like. And sharing and subscribing but right. uh, merry christmas to everybody and whatever other holiday you celebrate Kwan uh, kwanzaa ramadan hanukkah ramadan yeah ramadan kwanzaa. all that merry christmas and we love you that's it and you know what whatever political divide you fall upon we don't care Everybody's entitled to their opinions. That's right. This is the good old well. For those that aren't in the U.S., in the U.S., we have a very uh, 
you know, we, at least we used to, um, a very strong belief in, Hey, whatever you believe religiously, whatever you believe politically, whatever the color of your skin, it, it, it don't matter. None. You're yeah. all one of us. You're all brethren. And for those that are embroiled in hate, uh, you know, I'll say this. A lot of hoaxers think I hate them. A lot of people think I hate hoaxers. I don't. I, I personally don't really care. Now, are they the type of people I'd like to hang out with? No. No, because of their integrity. But that doesn't mean I hate them or even necessarily dislike them. Um, but on that matter, they can, a lot of their people will share the hate they will automatically hate and go on the attack. I don't care. It doesn't matter me none. Um, just this last week, I got threatened by somebody trying to dox me because I wouldn't answer the phone. He threatened to put my phone number on Facebook for all to see. So you know what I did? Mm. I, I said, well, here, I'll do one better. I'll put my phone number up there. And I put my phone number up there. <laughs> um. Oh, I don't live in a glass house. No. Am I, per, am I a perfect human being far from it? No. But I can tell you this. I'll always give you the honest truth here. Yep. And um, that's what you guys deserve. That's guys what you will get here. Um, <laughs> I even love the dog man. LOL. Yes. I love the dog man. Uh, I have a big Soresto collar for him when I see him. So if I bump into him, I have a Christmas present, a big Soresto collar. Hey, yeah, we're all dog people here. You know, we love dog dogs. So if we run into a dog man, you know, hey, man, I got milk bone dog biscuit for him. That's right. Um, but uh, needless to say, um, Eric, I want I want to thank you for coming on, brother. Thank and you, I want to wish you a, a Merry Christmas. And, uh, you know, I love what you do with your house every year be it Christmas, be it, especially Halloween. You go all tilt on Halloween. It's awesome. And um, <laughs> yeah, Halloween is my Christmas. I, that's what I celebrate. Yep. Yeah. And, um, but thanks again, my brother, of course, stay in touch. You know, you need anything, you holler at me. I'm here for you. And um, thanks again, Eric, for coming yeah. on, man. It was honored to have you. It always is Amen. always enjoyable. Amen. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate you for having me on. It's great to talk to you again and yeah i'll be around a little bit more than i was this past year not a whole lot more but you know i won't be hiding in the weeds like i was but thank you again for having me on folks come out to the camping adventure pa bigfoot camping adventure.com and steve i will see you in september my friend amen i can't wait and uh you know and i know uh for people including myself sometimes that sometimes, you know, even in this mystery, things can weigh heavily upon the soul. Keep the faith. Keep searching. Keep on squatching. Do what you've always done. Don't let other people get you down. When you let other people get you down, when you let circumstance get you down, that's when you fail. And if you, you rise above it, that's when you succeed. So remember that, folks. Again, love you guys all. And uh, hey, we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you live uh, on, uh, I think, January 7th, Ooh. 2024, for show of the year. 
And um, yeah. folks, oh. thank you for making this show a success. You know, keep the word out there. Sharing is caring. I see a lot of new subscribers in today. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Share, share it with your friends. If you think this show is worthwhile, share it with your friends. Look at what we have in archive. Look at what we have done in the past. Share it. Sharing is caring, and it'll get the word out about this show. And uh, we do want to be, we don't necessarily want to be the biggest show out there, but we do want to be the most accurate and the most truthful. And that's what's important to us, and that's our brand. And we so already folks, got the best audience. We sure do. <laughs> so on behalf of me and Chris and Eric down there, everybody, have a great week. Stay safe. Keep healthy. And, of course, keep on squatching. We'll catch you all here January 7th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 2024, right here on Squatch DTV. Hey, folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.